Thank you for listening to a student ministry sermon from Christ Church of Orinoco. For more information about the student ministry or about Christ Church in general, visit us online at ccochurch.com. And now, here's this week's student ministry sermon. Mallory and Sam, they are here because they are smart and they love you guys. So they're going to answer your questions that you guys submitted to us last week. Are you ready? Can I get a drum roll on your legs? Give me a drum roll. The first question is, where did we get the Bible and how do we know that it is true? Mr. Samuel, take it away. Okay, so the, this is a pretty long question. It's a long process of how we got that Bible that you guys have today or maybe you guys look it up in a phone. But it was a long process. So let me get that timeline up here. So we have a timeline of history up here. And if you see up there, you see the name Moses at 1500 B.C., That is 3,500 years ago, and that is when the very first books of the Bible was written, okay? And then some of the very last books of the Bible was written just after the time of Jesus, right after he died, were the very last books of the Bible written, which was 2,000 years ago. That was a long time ago. And then you have us, specifically you have me, born in 1990, and our buddy Drake in 94, And we have us right now in 2017. It took a long time to get the Bible to where we have it today. A long time. So we have these guys, and they wrote the Bible in their original language. And does anybody know what the Bible was originally written in? Okay, I'm going to tell you. The very first Old Testament was written in the language of Hebrew, okay? And I can't write this, I can't say this, but that was what the first Bible was written in. The second... The, the New Testament was written in the language of Greek. Yes, the New Testament is written in the language of Greek, okay? And these guys had to copy the Bible by hand every time they wanted a new copy of the Bible. They didn't have a typewriter. They didn't have a computer. They didn't have pencil and paper sometimes. They had to write on papyrus, okay? This is what it looked like, Okay? And if they messed up, if they messed up, they didn't have erasers, they had to wad the whole thing up, throw it away, burn it or bury it, and they had to start all over. They made sure that they got everything right when they wrote the Bible, when they copied it over, so that we could have an accurate Bible today. So it's still in Hebrew and Greek. How do we get it to the English Bible? Well, a man by the name of John Wycliffe wrote or was the first person to copy the Bible into English so that you guys can have it. He wrote uh, the English Bible in 1380 AD. So 1300, or sorry, 700 years ago. And he made sure that we would have a copy of the Bible in English. Okay. But you guys, probably a lot of you have very different translations and there are a multitude of different translations that we have today. Who in here has the NIV translation? NIV Maybe some of you have the ESV or the King James Version or the Message. 
Those are all the different translations that we have today. And they are written differently. Um, some are word for word, like exactly word for word. Some are thought for thought, like this is what it says. It's not exactly word for word, but it's what it says. And some are a paraphrase. And so that is how we get the Bible. And we know it's true because there are never any errors in the Bible. Everything the Bible says is true. There's nothing wrong in it. It doesn't contradict itself. It doesn't contradict our world. And everything we read, we know it's true because how it changes our lives. Christians live a transformed life, and they're reading a Bible that is true and right. So, quick, sorry. I love it. That's yeah. good. Man, Sweet. Fast. Will you guys give Sam a round of applause Woo! for that great answer? Thank you. Thank you, Sam. You're my favorite. I love you, buddy. Okay. Okay, I need one more question, but I need you guys to give me a drum roll, please, real quick. The next question for Mallory is, how do I follow Jesus when everyone around me at school isn't? Okay, this it's a great question, and I would love two volunteers to help. Two volunteers. Uh, Macy, Who are they going to be? Macy. And can you give me a boy? Yeah, give me I'll a, get boy. a boy. Macy, come on up here. Levi. Right here. Levi. Right here. What is your name? Boy, right there. Macy. Sam. Macy. Will you stay right there? And Macy, will you stay here? Here. What is your right? name? Levi. Cool. Cool. Okay, so what you have before you is a maze. You might want to crouch down. And get in your maze stance, okay? What you do is you start from one end, and you have to get out of the maze. So this is broken right here and right here. You start here, and you start there. Look how ridiculous this is, okay? So go ahead and start your maze while I talk. Okay, so here's the deal, everybody. You guys, you ain't going to follow your finger. You ain't going to solve it, so listen up here. Okay, so... Mazes are one of my favorite things. Puzzles are one of my favorite things. And I love the TV show Survivor. Has anybody heard of Survivor? Okay. So, in this, in this game, people are taken to an island and they are asked to take their focus. Hey, boys, look at me. Look at me. They're asked to take their focus and they're meant to do these challenges. Much like these mazes here. Okay? They're meant to focus up and try their best to complete this maze. How are you guys doing? How you Good. doing? Good. How are you doing? Okay, keep going. I think you done. are done. Done? Done. Done? Done. All okay. done. You, you are not done. done. You are not done. Okay, Macy, get back at it. He didn't even break concentration. Okay, keep going. He was like five away. Blocked himself in with a little wall. Okay, come on. My timer is running up. Anybody? Done. I'm done. done. Look. Okay. He really is done this time. Okay. Wow, that is in. Whoa. I'm going to check that later, see if that really is true. Okay, so you can stop, buddy, over here. This is an amazing, amazing um, example of following others and following Jesus, okay? And this worked out perfectly. And Macy, you can stand up. You are my beautiful queen. Macy was a great example. She would do exactly what I did, okay? I, I get distracted. And if somebody says, if I'm put to a task and somebody says, oh, I'm done, what am I going to do? I'm going to drop my marker and go, really? <laughs> and I'm going to lose my focus, okay? Like, I did that with them earlier, and I was like, huh? Who did it first? Okay? But this guy over here, he was like, uh-uh, not until I see the proof. I'm not looking up until she says. And that's an amazing way um, to look at our world. Is sometimes we stay focused, and sometimes we listen to the words of others. We listen to... Um, what others are doing in the world and we think that we're less um, or maybe we get made fun of or anything like that. When it comes to school and following Jesus, 
the thing we got to do is we got to put on some blinders like a horse. You know how guys, horses wear these blinders so they can only stare at the path ahead? Um, it's kind of like an illustration up here. Sometimes we have to put on our blinders and we have to focus because it's not going to help you at all from like hearing him say, I'm done and not being checked, not being verified and not being clear. He says, I'm putting my head down and I'm going to do this until I am told that this is right and this is true and I can stop, which is really awesome. So thank you so much. Thank you. Give them a round of applause. Give it up for them. You're wonderful. You're wonderful. Awesome. Would you guys on the count of three say thanks, Mal? One, two, three. Awesome. Hey, if your leader has told you that you are doing communion, I need you to go ahead and get to the spot where you're going to be an usher. And there are some of you in this room who are followers of Jesus. And for us, those of us who are followers of Jesus, we take something called communion. We take a piece of bread, which represents Jesus's body, and we dip it into, a, into juice, which represents Jesus's blood. And his body and his blood were sacrificed for us on a cross so that we could have life, so that God could bring life back into our story. And we celebrate what Jesus did by taking communion. We take communion and we say, thank you, God. So I'm going to ask you, as the ushers are waiting to dismiss you, to sit there quietly and pray. Say, thank you, God. Thank you for what you've done in my life. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for Jesus and the gift of life. So I'm going to pray, and the ushers are going to come up to the front, and then you're going to pray, and you're going to take communion if you're a follower of Jesus. Dear Jesus, thank you for loving us. Thank you for your goodness, and thank you for bringing life back into our story. Jesus, we love you, and we know that you love us even more than that. Amen. Oh, yeah. We got two more questions for my friend Mal Pal and Green Eggs and Sam to answer for us. He must not have read that. I have the first question ready to go. Can I get a drum roll? All right. Why doesn't prayer work? Why doesn't prayer work? Okay. You want to take it? I'll take it. I'll All take right. it. This is a, that's a tough four words, okay? So, so first I want to start out with this, okay? Um, how many of you have a best friend? How many of you have a best friend? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Arms down. How many of you have uh, people you live with, okay? Yeah, everybody's got someone, even a cat. Okay, now, arms down. How many of you have an adult that you greatly respect? Somebody that you really, really respect. Okay, okay. Now, arms down. Don't even stop, stop. Don't stop, really. Come on. Okay, so we all have people in our lives that we respect a lot, we care a lot about, and we do life with often, okay? Now, this is just like our relationship with God. It's all about communication, and prayer is a way that we can communicate. So take Sam and Drake, for instance, okay? They have a great friendship, okay? Um, They do life together. Um, They're friends. They also respect one another. But if they're not communicating, if they're not talking to each other and having a dialogue, if they're not um, sharing what's going on with them, this is not a good relationship, 
That's what prayer provides us with, um, with God. It provides us an opportunity to turn and have a good relationship, okay? That's what prayer does. So the question for you is, the question is, are you coming to prayer with a list of things that are kind of like a to-do list? Are you doing the talking? Are you letting God live in that space? Or are you just saying, I need this, I want this, I want this, I want this. Um, Because sometimes I know that I do that I know that sometimes I just come to God and I'm like, God, please, I want to pray for this. I want to pray for this. And I never give thanksgiving. Like in an entire prayer, I'll walk away and I'll say, I don't feel heard. My prayer isn't working out. My prayer hasn't been answered. But when I look back at it, I wasn't very prayerful minded. I just wanted what I wanted. And so that's something that I think is really, really important. And I want to share this story with you real quick. I'm going to say it real quick. This is a story of prayer. Um, There was this amazing man who lived in the time of World War II. And he went into the military and he said, I want to be a medic. While people are taking life, I want to give life and I want to heal. And so he said he'd never touch a weapon. He would go in and he would heal people. This is a true story. And so he went into the military and in the midst of that chaos, in the midst of everything, in the midst of being in boot camp and people saying, you're not, you're not brave, you're not a hero. What if my life was in stake? What if something happened? You wouldn't defend me? And he said, no, I will defend you and I will heal you, I will help you. And his, and his uh, general even said, no one's ever, ever won by laying down their life. And that's just not true. That's the story of Jesus. By loving and caring, that is how... God loved us. And so he's on the battlefield and there's so much going on. There's chaos. There's everything around him. And and he is crying and he's knelt down and he's been left on this ridge. He's been left by everybody else. And he just cries and he says, Lord, Lord, what do you want from me? I don't know what you want from me. And he takes this moment and he is still. And when he is still, he hears a voice. Was it the audible voice of God? No. But it was the voice of someone crying out for help. And so he says, I hear you. And he goes and he saves that man. And he brings him and he takes him down the hill so he can, he can be healed. And he goes back to the ridge and he says, Lord, what do you want me to do? And he hears another, hears another. He says, Lord, one more, one more. That man saved 75 lives because he stopped and he listened. He, in the midst of chaos, said, Lord, I'm going to do a lot of listening. And that's how prayer begins to work. Prayer is communication. And so that's what I would have to say about that. Awesome. That's a great story. That's really cool. Okay, I got one more question. Uh, Sam Eggs and Green Ham, will you answer this one for me? I will. Did I say that wrong? I'm ready. I think I said that wrong. close enough. Green Eggs and Sam. All right, here's the question. Drum roll, please. Sam, I am. Did Jesus rise from the dead? And because a lot of people ask this, Sam, where does the cross go? Where's where does the cross go? Okay, I'm going to start with the first one because it is the most important question that we can answer. So the very first thing that I would like to say, did Jesus rise from the dead? Yes. How do we know that? The first thing I want you guys, if you guys want to write it down on your storyline bookmark, is there is an empty tomb. We are getting ready to celebrate Easter. And Easter Sunday is Resurrection Day. Okay, And three days before that, Jesus was killed and he was placed into a tomb. And we know that from history. Not only do we know that from the Bible, we know it from history. Tons of people have said this happened. Jesus died. 
and Jesus was put into a tomb, and then there was no body. There was no body. Something had to have happened to the body. And we as Christians believe that Jesus rose from the dead, and that is why there is no body in that tomb. And you know how else we know? Is that there were over 500 witnesses, people who saw Jesus after he was resurrected from the dead. 500 people. Okay, so there is 120 or so of people in here right now. If I hold up this many fingers, how many do I have? Hold it up, right? Hold it? Held up. Held up. Held up. How many do I have hold up right now? Three. There are 120 people that know that I have three fingers. Hold it up. Held up? Held, held, held up. up. Held up right now. So <laughs> someone walks into this room and they try to say that I had five fingers held up. You guys could all tell them what? No, he had three fingers held up. You guys are the witnesses. What you guys saw is true. There were over 500 people that saw Jesus alive. 500 people that saw it. And that is a big deal. Those people are telling the truth. And a lot of those people, in fact, some of the disciples that we're studying that saw Jesus alive, they would even go on to die for what they believed in. They would go on to die because they believed that Jesus rose from the dead. There, there is not very many people that would die for a lie. If they didn't believe that Jesus rose from the dead, there's no way they would say, yep, um, I, I'm not going to die to believe this lie. If they believe that Jesus really rose from the dead, they would die for that. But they're not going to die for a lie. That is how we know that Jesus rose from the dead. And to answer the last question about where the cross is at, the cross was made out of wood. The cross was made out of wood. And therefore, most likely, it has disintegrated by now. So that was over 2,000 years ago. So we don't know where that cross is. Um, and that's okay. Because we know that Jesus didn't stay on that cross. He is alive. And we get to celebrate that each and every Wednesday. So. Absolutely. There is an empty tomb. So Jesus is alive. Hey, would you guys give Sam and Mallory one more big round of applause for all the hard work they put into that? Thank you for listening to a student ministry sermon from Christ Church of Orinoco. For more information about the student ministry or about Christ Church in general, visit us online at ccochurch.com.